When it comes to being a content creator, there are so many different directions you can take to grow and monetize. The question is, which path is right for you and your niche? Today, I want to walk you through three different content creator career paths that you can take to become a full-time content creator and grow your online business. These different paths suit different lifestyles, different goals, and different niches. So I'm excited to share them with you. And my hope is that through listening to this, you might identify more with one path rather than the others. And hopefully by kind of hearing about the different modes of monetization and the different growth methods, you'll be able to craft a strategy for yourself that is going to best suit your own goals, your own audience, and ultimately what you want to do as a content creator. So I'm really excited to share this one with you. Keep on listening. Welcome to the Creator Club podcast produced by Creatorly Media. I'm your host, Katie Steckley. I'm a side hustle YouTuber turned six-figure CEO that's obsessed with social media, making content, and building communities. Here on the Creator Club podcast, we dive deep into the social media and content creation strategies that are important to you as a creator. Whether you want to grow on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, or with a podcast, we've got advice for you. So stay tuned for my workshop style solo shows and the occasional expert interview. Oh, and by the way, this club is open to everyone. Whether you have one or 1 million followers, there's a seat for you at the table. So let's get into it. Welcome back to the Creator Club podcast, folks. I am really excited to dive in and talk to you about these different content creator career paths. But before we get into that, I just wanted to share an important announcement, which is over at Creatorly Media, we have currently a few open spaces for Instagram content and strategy clients. So if you have been working away on your journey as a content creator and you're feeling like you're ready to outsource and bring in some guidance and help and expertise when it comes to crafting content for Instagram that reaches your audience and helps you grow, then we are so excited to do that with you over at Creatorly Media. We have an Instagram content and strategy package where we batch content for you on a monthly basis. Essentially, we kick off each month with a strategy meeting. We talk to you about your goals, who you're trying to reach, and what kind of content you want to make that month. Then we craft a custom content calendar just for you, including coming up with all the ideas for your content and proposing a strategy that based on our research is going to work well with your audience. At that point, as our client, you have a chance to provide some feedback and your own creative direction on the content calendar. And once we've got that in place, we are ready to create. We spend the next two or so weeks creating your graphic carousels, editing and writing captions for you. And of course, editing reels. And we do that by gathering some of our own media and also getting your contributions. So your content feels super authentic to your audience. Finally, of course, you get to review all of that content and again, provide feedback and revisions. And finally, once we're all happy with your content for the entire month, we get it all scheduled in later for you so that it is ready to go and be published the following month. So if that sounds like something you want to get in on, if you've been feeling overwhelmed with Instagram, and like you don't have the time to create all of your content and you're wanting some help, we are there for you. So you can head over to creatorlymedia.com 
instagram.com slash services to read all about what our Instagram services look like. And if you scroll down to the bottom of that page, you can fill out our client application form and we can't wait to hear from you. So go ahead and check that out if that sounds helpful to you. Okay, so with that out of the way, let's get into these creator career paths that I've been talking about. Basically, what I mean by this are different unique approaches to growing an audience online and monetizing that audience online. So we're going to go through these three categories that I've kind of identified as, as different career paths. And I'm not saying these are the only three. There certainly could be even more approaches to being a content creator, but I think these are for sure the big three. The first is the influencer path. The second is the educator path. And then the third is the entertainer or artist path. So when I'm thinking of this, you know, we're thinking like musicians, you know, visual artists, that kind of thing. Those are the three main categories we're going to talk about today. And the reason I've divided it up this way is because I see three really distinct strategies and paths that you can take to grow depending on which approach you're connected with. Okay, so let's start off by talking about the first on our list, which is the influencer path. Now, I know that off the hop here, you might be thinking, okay, influencer, content creator, like how are these different things? Like aren't all of these influencers? And yes, I think that the terms influencer and content creator are sometimes used interchangeably in the online space. But for the sake of this episode, when I'm talking about being an influencer, I mean that you're primary purpose in your content is simply to be a creator and connect with an audience with the eventual aim of, you know, probably doing brand deals, affiliate marketing, that sort of thing. So influencer is kind of like the base package of what we think of content creators. And then when we get into the world of being an educator or an artist, there's other sort of primary motivations in place there for why you're being a content creator. So hopefully that makes sense. The idea of the influencer path is that the whole point of what you want to do is create and basically monetize your content. You might not be thinking about selling a product, providing services, or working on any other artistic aim. The point of it is to build an audience and create content for them. Okay, so that's the idea of the influencer path. It's kind of the more traditional idea we have about, you know, growing on Instagram, social media in general. Okay, so if you want to grow as an influencer, let's talk about the strategies involved with this particular creator business path. So if you're looking to grow online as an influencer, it's best to focus your energy on one evergreen platform and one timely platform when you get started. This is my personal recommendation. It's really worked for me. And I think that it strikes a balance of getting all the benefits of different kinds of platforms, but also not overwhelming yourself with creating anywhere and everywhere. So this could be something like, maybe TikTok and YouTube, or Instagram and a podcast. Between these two platforms, your main goal would be to generate views by creating niche or audience-specific content, which would help you build an audience surrounding that one specific niche or demographic. If you're trying to be an influencer, it's very important to focus on attracting a pretty specific audience because this is really going to help you with monetizing down the road, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But basically the important thing you need to know is 
if you want to eventually work with brands, know that one of the primary values that influencers provide to brands is that you have access to the demographic or the specific audience they want to access. So whether that is niche related, like, you know, maybe a group of at-home candle makers, maybe there's like a, a brand of soy wax that wants to promote to your audience, or maybe it's more like a demographic, like millennial women who live in New York City or something like that. There could be a brand out there looking to reach those people. So that's why it's important to focus on a specific niche, whether that's a subject area or a demographic of people, it's also going to help you create content that really connects with them and actually finds those people. Because especially when you're starting out from zero, if you're creating content for everyone, you're really creating content for no one. So it's a lot easier to grow at the start. If you have a specific sense of niche, it does not have to be a specific topic. Like I mentioned, candle makers, it could be a demographic, um, like you know, women of a certain age uh, with certain goals or aspirations or whatever. Just think about who your specific audience is going to be because it's not going to be everyone. Okay, so like I was saying, we're going to talk about monetization. So how can you make money in the influencer path of developing your creator business? There are a few major ways to make money as an influencer. The first, like I've been mentioning a lot, is brand partnerships. Let's talk a bit about brand partnerships. Sometimes people call these brand deals. Some people call them collaborations. The most basic beginner definition of this is when a brand pays you to deliver some sort of advertisement to your audience about their product or service. So this could be like a 45 to 60 second mid-roll ad on a YouTube video or a mention of their product or service on an Instagram reel or story. You can negotiate all of the details of these deliverables with the brand, but something very important that you have to remember is making sure like I was saying, that you have a niche audience within the same demographic or the target audience that these brands are looking to work with. Really, the point of these brands working with influencers is a to reach their intended target audience. So you have a connection with the people they want to reach. So that's one reason they hire you. The second is, of course, because you have a personal connection and having that personal recommendation is really, really significant when it comes to marketing because, you know, all of us see ads all the time for all kinds of things on social media. But when we see somebody we know recommending a product, then we're way more likely to buy it. So that's really why brands like to work with influencers. So it's important that you can kind of fulfill those two requirements. One, having that niche or specific audience that they want to reach. And two, obviously having that audience trust you so that when you recommend the brand's product or service, your audience will trust you enough to buy it. And obviously you make your audience trust you by being trustworthy and just recommending stuff that you genuinely like and, you know, sharing value with them, building that connection, all that good stuff. So that's just one income stream that influencers have. Um, the other is affiliate marketing or one of the others is affiliate marketing. So affiliate marketing is another really solid way to make an income as an influencer. If you haven't heard of it before, affiliate marketing is where you mention products or services that you like, but in contrast to brand deals, rather than getting paid up front by the brand, instead you are earning a commission on each sale that you make. So you have some kind of tracking link, maybe it even comes with a discount code. And if somebody uses your link to make a purchase, then you will get a small commission 
course at no extra cost to your audience. So you can set up affiliate links through companies' direct websites, or there are also companies like Amazon Associates and Reward Style that offer affiliate links through various products or companies. So there's a lot that you can do with this. In general, it's probably going to be a smaller revenue stream because you're just getting like a small percentage of each sale rather than, you know, an upfront uh, fee for creating a bunch of content for a brand. But it's the kind of thing that can really slowly and steady build up over time. So it can be a really smart additional stream of revenue to add to your business model as an influencer. Okay, so another main way that a lot of influencer content creators will make money is through Google AdSense. Now, this is more relevant to YouTubers and bloggers because you can obviously run ads on your YouTube videos and you earn Google AdSense, or you can place ads like banner ads or sidebar ads on your blog. This is a really great way to earn some extra income. And what I especially love about it as a YouTuber is that it is probably like one of the most fair, generous, whatever you want to call it, creator monetization programs that any of the big social media companies have created. I actually just recently made a YouTube video all about this, um, talking about why the TikTok creator fund kind of sucks and the Reels bonus program would also fall into that category. Whereas YouTube AdSense is just on this whole other level. Essentially all of the ad revenue that comes into YouTube, 55% of it is shared with creators uh, because for every ad view, that I generate. YouTube takes, you know, 45% of the money from the business that's paying for that ad view, and then I get 55% of it. So I just think it's a really wonderful program and something that everybody can pretty much take advantage of. So if you're thinking about going the influencer route when it comes to your content creator career, I would recommend trying out YouTube because of how great AdSense is as a, a supplement to your overall income. Uh, but like I was saying, if you have a blog, that's also an option too, by just using traditional Google ads on your blog. So the fourth income stream that I wanted to mention when it comes to following the influencer career path is merchandise. Once you build up an audience and you have those ride or die fans, another way you can bring in income is through selling your own merchandise. You can go through companies like Spreadshirt so you can avoid upfront costs. This is something that might not give you like a whole ton of income, especially at the beginning, but it is something that can make your audience feel a bit closer to you and build a sense of community. And again, over time, it can kind of build up. And especially once you have a larger audience, I think you would see more return on that. Plus it's just fun, like, you know, having merch. <laughs> it's a classic uh, YouTuber thing, especially. So yeah, just to summarize, if you are following that influencer career path, then your primary aim is going to be creating content that really builds a sense of community, connects with a specific audience, and you're going to spend a lot of time just engaging with your people and being basically a community facilitator. And then when it comes to turning this into a job and actually generating some revenue, you're going to want to consider doing brand partnerships, affiliate marketing, potentially adding Google AdSense to the mix, and maybe selling merchandise as well. So that's a comprehensive look at what the influencer path looks like when it comes to that side of creator business. Thanks to Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of Creator Club. Squarespace is the best all-in-one platform on the internet for building your brand and business online. 
Personally, I've been using Squarespace for several years now to host my personal brand website and the website for my social media agency, Creatorly Media. Not only can you effortlessly create a beautifully designed website using Squarespace, but they also have a ton of helpful features for growing online brands and businesses. My top three faves? Number one, the online store. Seriously, this is the easiest way to start selling products or services online. I use my Squarespace store to sell Instagram audits, Lightroom presets, Notion templates, and more. Number two, the blogging and RSS feed tools. Did you know that this podcast is hosted on a Squarespace site? It's so easy to create a combo blog and podcast with Squarespace's user-friendly blogging feature. And number three, the analytics. I'm able to quickly analyze my site traffic and figure out how I can optimize my marketing strategies to get more eyes where I want them most, on my website. Trust me when I say Squarespace has been a total game changer in my online business, and I know it will be for yours too. I've been recommending Squarespace to my friends and clients for years now, and now I'm excited to share it with you as well. And with a special discount, you can go to squarespace.com slash creator club to grab a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your site, you can use my exclusive offer code creator club for 10% off your first purchase of a domain or website. That's squarespace.com slash creator club and offer code creator club for 10% off. Check out Squarespace and start building your online brand and business today. Now let's move on to the second content creator career on my list, which is the educator path, which I guess is the path that I am currently on. So just to kind of give you an example of it, what we're going to talk about as um, an educator content creator is pretty much what I do. So essentially, if you have an expertise and you have something to teach, then a lot of this, it is going to look similar to the influencer side, but the primary motivation rather than connecting with a target audience in order to sell other brands products to them, the primary motivation here is to connect with your audience of potential students or clients and teach them something, provide them value and ideally, ultimately uh, sell them your own products, like your own courses or consultation services or digital products, et cetera. We're going to get into all the different monetization paths in just a second when it comes to being an educator. But I did just want to acknowledge like there is definitely some overlap here with being an influencer. I suppose probably the most accurate uh, description of what I do would be more so a hybrid of the influencer and the educator path, because as you've probably noticed, I do brand deals, I have affiliate links, I collect AdSense, you know, and you know, some other educators also sell merchandise, for example. So all of that stuff can overlap, but really the key differentiator here is that ultimately educators are building up their own business, selling their own expertise instead of generating an audience to sell other people's products or services to that audience. And I think the other big difference here is obviously it requires some level of expertise. There's lots of influencers out there that aren't necessarily technical experts in any field. And that's totally okay because that's not what their their plan is. They kind of, um, you know, sell their relatability in a sense. They're here to maybe encourage their audience or make people feel less alone or share their, you know, aspirational lifestyle with their audience, but they aren't necessarily there to like teach their audience something. So that's really the big difference with being an educator. So how can you grow as an educator? 
First, before diving into monetization, let's just talk a little bit about what the growth strategy looks like. Just like being an influencer, I would also recommend going for a balance of one timely platform and one evergreen platform to get started. And then of course, you can expand and add additional platforms as you get more confident with it. Which by the way, if you wanna learn more about these various platforms, we just went over all of this in a recent podcast episode called What Social Platform Should You Start With in 2022? So make sure you check that out. That will help you decide what platform might be best for you. As an educator, I would really recommend starting with a YouTube channel or a podcast. These are two platforms that are great for educating and interacting with a large audience. And especially because you're answering people's questions, you're maybe providing tutorials. These are places where people go searching for that kind of thing. And I would say when you're deciding between YouTube and podcast, just think about what will be the best way to teach somebody what you want to teach them. So for example, like if you're teaching somebody um, how to cook, like maybe you are an expert at home chef and you're great at meal prepping. If you want to teach people about that, maybe a YouTube channel is going to be better because probably visuals are going to help a lot when it comes to cooking tutorials. But let's say on the other end, if you are a business coach and you're providing advice on how to scale a business, that's probably the kind of thing that you could do with audio only. And then your ideal audience who are likely busy beginner entrepreneurs will appreciate being able to just listen to it. So these are the kind of considerations you want to make when deciding between YouTube and podcasting or whatever green platform you want to go with. But like I said, I go into more detail about this on the episode called what social platform you should start with in 2022. Okay, so that's the evergreen side of things. Like I was saying, you want to have one evergreen platform and one timely platform. So once you've chosen YouTube or podcast, then you might pair this with something like Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn. It all depends on where your audience is. And it just allows you to connect with them on a more regular basis between your more in-depth, high-value, long-form content. So how can you make money as an educator, content creator? So in addition to, of course, still being able to make money with brand deals, affiliate marketing, all that stuff that I was just talking about, like in some cases, it does make sense for educators to do both kind of up to your personal discretion, uh, but you can also sell your education through digital products and services and memberships and of course courses as well. So let's talk about digital products for a minute. There is an endless list of digital products you can create for your audience. You can create and sell project management or design templates. For example, if you use Notion, like I do, you can create templates that relate to your niche in Notion and sell them. You can create management systems for any niche. If you educate your audience on taking care of plants, you could create a Notion page for tracking your plant care. If you are in the physical fitness niche, you can create a Notion page for a workout or meal regimen. Regarding design templates, this could be something like Canva templates. This again could be any niche. If you have a niche where you are educating folks on how to grow on social media, you can sell social media design templates or say you're in the wedding and event planning field. You could sell a planner or wedding documentation of some sort. Really, the list is never ending. It's just about getting creative and figuring out what kind of templates or workbooks or checklists might be helpful to your audience that you're teaching. So like I was saying, on top of digital products, you can also create and sell a course. Courses are a great way to provide more structured education on various topics that have an all-in-one place to go to teach your audience. This is one of the more popular products you see a lot of educators selling online, and that 
that is because it is so scalable and people love them. I mean, I've bought many online courses in my day and it is just a really nice, concise place to go, learn something over the course of the weekend and feel confident going forward in um, whatever it is you're teaching. Another option for monetization for educators is selling services. This might look like one-on-one coaching, maybe group coaching, or set monthly packages. In my case, what it looks like is my social media agency, Creatorly Media. So we sell monthly Instagram packages for strategy and content creation, which I mentioned at the top of the show, we do have some openings for August. Uh, We'd be working on your September content. So reach out if you're interested in that. Uh, But in addition to Instagram, we also do YouTube editing. We also do podcast editing, all kinds of different social media services you can read about on our website. But the point is we offer this service to the audience that I've built on my personal platform. So this podcast, um, my YouTube channel, and all those other places. And of course, this all started as services that I was just personally providing. Like a few years ago, like two and a half, three years ago, I was the one editing podcasts for everybody. I was the one editing everyone's YouTube videos. And obviously I had much fewer clients, but now I've grown. It's become an agency. It's become a team. But when you're first starting out, you can offer your your personal services. Let's go back to that plant niche as an example again. Let's say you educate your audience on how to care for plants, like you are the house plant queen. You've maybe created a few notion templates and a course that walks your audience through the basics of various plant varieties and how to care for them. If you want to take it to the next level, you might offer a plant care management service where they provide you the details of all their plants and then you create a personalized management system for their plants, providing them advice and instruction on care and maintenance. So you maybe provide a consultation and then put together a personalized plan for them. So that is like a service that you could offer in the plant care niche as an example, but really this could be applied to whatever it is you're teaching your audience. You can create a service based on the problem your audience needs solving. And I really think that when it comes to the content creator space and becoming an educator, I think that services are something that are often not talked about because the biggest gurus that you see advice from are all about scalability. They're all about courses and digital products. And I totally get that. I think that that is something that you should do. And it's something that I'm continuing to do more of in my own business. But I think a lot of people look down on services because they aren't scalable. It's something that takes your time. But really and truly, when you are first getting started out, I think it is so, so valuable to provide these one-to-one services like consultations or coaching, for example, because if you're ever going to create a course or create digital products, you can get a ton of market research out of doing the one-on-one services because you get to speak directly with the kind of people who are obviously willing to pay you money because they did for your services and you can figure out what problems they have and the best way to explain things to them so that they can get results. And then eventually you can translate the kind of results that you provide in your one-to-one services into something that is replicable in the form of a course or digital product. The other massive benefit that services have to creators that are just getting started down this educator path is that it's very low overhead. It's something that you just can start providing simply using your time. If you want to sell a course, for example, you are going to have to spend dozens, 
probably hundreds of hours putting together that course. And if you don't have a really large audience, it might not necessarily sell enough to cover all the time that you spent on it. This is something that I learned the hard way back in the day when I was first getting into the world of online entrepreneurship. And I spent a ton of time creating a course that I sold exactly one time. And that is very discouraging. So when I kind of was rebounding from that failure and figuring out how I was going to approach online business a second time around, I decided to start with services because it meant I didn't have to put in all the time until I knew there was somebody to pay for it. So I think that can be a really great way to get started. It's kind of more reliable income for the amount of time that you're spending. And then once you build up more of an audience and you've got that experience providing the services, you can create something more scalable in the form of a course or a digital product or this last revenue stream memberships. So finally, another way to make money as an educator is through selling a membership program. This is a monthly subscription service that will provide your audience with exclusive content or education that they cannot receive through your regular social media content, products, or services. You can update this monthly with various freebies, resources, live streams, videos, and so much more. You can have your members pay a monthly fee to continue getting access to this exclusive program. This is a great way to generate consistent monthly income, though of course it's also important to remember the time commitment that is required because once you start a membership, girl, you've got to keep it going. I'll be honest, this is something that's kind of held me back from starting a membership program, though it's definitely something I've considered, but it is a long-term commitment because obviously if you get your people to sign up, you need to keep their trust and you need to like show up for them in return and create that extra content on a monthly basis. But depending on the kind of educator you are, this could be the perfect way to serve your audience. For example, if you're in the kind of fitness or maybe nutrition niche, providing weekly or monthly meal plans through a membership could be a really great way to serve your audience because it's one of those things where, yes, you could provide an ebook of recipes, but if somebody buys it once, they've kind of made all those recipes. Okay, well, now they're feeling like, you know, eating something different this week. So if you have a membership, you can be constantly providing that fresh content that your audience is looking for. And then also, like I was saying, generate that consistent monthly income. So to summarize, when you are in the educator path as a content creator, your primary aim is to build a community of learners that you are going to share your expertise and knowledge with. You're going to create content for them, obviously for free across platforms like YouTube and Instagram or wherever it is your audience is hanging out. And then ultimately, the goal of this content is to direct your audience to your paid products, services, and memberships. The last path on my list for today is the entertainer and artist path. This is for those of you who strictly create content to share your art with your audience. So this is for all my musicians and my visual artists out there. I know y'all are listening because I hear from musicians all the time asking about strategy and kind of how to grow online. Obviously, there's lots of other kinds of artists and entertainers out there. Maybe you're a dancer, maybe you're a comedian, whatever it might be. Let's talk about what it looks like for you to grow and turn your online presence into a business. 
because just to make the distinction here, you've you know probably heard my advice somewhat about the educator path before. That's what a lot of people talk about online because a lot of people talking about this are educators themselves. So they give advice based on their own experience, which makes sense. But I totally understand if you're a musician or a visual artist, you're not necessarily out here wanting to teach people how to do what you do because most likely your livelihood is based on people hiring you to do your thing. So, you know, you don't want to necessarily give away all your secrets as a, you know, painter or as a singer or whatever. Like you're hoping people hire you for, you know, your art or entertainment. So, you know, you might not want to go down the path of selling digital products that teach about your songwriting process or share a course on how to paint a painting because ideally your ideal audience are not other painters or or other singer songwriters. Like you want to find your ideal audience of people that you want to entertain, right? So I totally get that struggle. And I know that's why I hear from so many musicians in my DMs all the time asking about how they can do this whole content creator thing for themselves. So let's talk about how you can grow as an artist, uh, content creator. Honestly, your main focus on this path is just going to be growing an audience and community who really supports your passion and who connects with your message. This will be done through ideally again, having two platforms. Like I discussed, I'm a big fan of the evergreen plus timely combination And then really just pushing out the kind of content that focuses on reach. So YouTube videos that can show up on the homepage, reels, TikToks, all that kind of thing, while also focusing on how you can leverage trends to really help circulate your content. So I know that the default thought of a musician especially is going to be, well, let's just get on TikTok and try to get a viral sound. And while I think um, obviously that's great, it's really hard to plan. So yeah, definitely share your original music on TikTok, put it out there as much as you can. I think also doing covers of trending music can be a really effective way to grow an audience, especially if you have a really particular sound or point of view when it comes to your music. If you can really put a personalized spin on the latest trending song, I think that really stands out and that has viral potential. But I think in addition to that, it's really about thinking about who your audience is, what kind of content they like to see, and then creating that as well. You don't have to just do music. I think you can also kind of create content that speaks to the lifestyle or the values or the vibe of your people. So If you know that your target audience who's going to love your music are also the girlies that listen to Hosier on vinyl and have like a whole wall full of books and like dream of that cottage core fantasy, then you could create some content that is just like vibey cottage core footage set to your own music or set to Hosier's music or whatever other artists that you think your ideal audience is going to vibe with you know, just create content that is the kind of thing that you think would show up on your ideal listeners for you page. And then you can sprinkle your own music in the midst of it as well. I think this is also helpful because then you don't just get burnt out on doing cover after cover and sharing all your original music. So, okay, that was a little bit of a tangent for my musicians out there, but hopefully you found that a little bit helpful. Let's talk about how you can make money as an entertainer or artist content creator. 
Again, you can jump on any of the other ways that we talked about in this episode to make income if it feels like a good fit, especially if you build up a good audience, you can definitely go the brand deal, affiliate marketing, all those influencer routes. Again, I totally understand um, if you have resistance to doing the educator side of things. I get that it might not really fit your goals or your brand, um, but some of the stuff around uh, brand deals and affiliate marketing might be a good fit that you could consider. But in addition to that, there are a few kind of unique um, monetization routes that I think suit well for artists, especially. The first option that really comes to mind for me when I think about, okay, how do artists or musicians or entertainers make money online? It really comes down to donation. So that can be in the form of a platform like coffee where people can like send you a quick donation or um, a lot of platforms have built in ways that that people can essentially tip you. Now, this doesn't have to be just straight up donations for nothing. I know a lot of people might feel uncomfortable or like they're not going to really get a lot if they just say, basically put their hat out and say contribute or whatever. But, you know, there's other kind of creative ways you can do this. So I've seen many artists on TikTok and other platforms who will accept donations. And then based on that, they will maybe like paint the person's name um, somewhere inside the painting that they're currently working on to show their appreciation. So they'll incorporate their donors in some way into their content. So, you know, people feel like they have some incentive to um, send them a tip. When it comes to entertainers and artists, a lot of people understand the kind of struggle i mean we have the starving artist stereotype um, which isn't always like a, a positive thing but in some cases it can make people feel sympathetic towards you and want to support you in some way but i think people have an understanding of you're creating art which like has so much value in our society like we're all looking for entertainment we all love listening to music looking at art watching TV, whatever it might be. And we understand that there isn't always like a strict um, monetary number associated with that. So I think that's why when you're in the artist space, the whole function of, of donations, it can kind of fit well in there. Whereas, you know, for me as an educator that runs like a whole agency and has like a traditional business, I feel like it would look shady if I just accepted donations. Um, but I think it makes a lot more sense for the artists and entertainers among us. So you could consider setting up a, a coffee or um, there's lots of different platforms that allow you to do this or just telling people your PayPal email. Okay, so that's one option. Another sort of similar but slightly different approach is starting a Patreon. So Patreon is really at its core just a membership program like I talked about before, but I feel like Patreon is especially known for artists and musicians and those kind of online creators. Patreon provides a sense of community and closeness for artists and or musicians with their fans. This is a very direct source of contact that can help build relationships, which therefore builds the following and commitment and loyalty of your supporters. This is a great way to build up a community and also build up a steady income stream. Essentially, people can pledge, you know, $5 a month, $10 a month, whatever it is, and you can set up tiers where people get different benefits based on how much they are contributing each month. So it could be something simple as $5 a month, you do an exclusive performance. So maybe you do like a live stream of um, whatever music you're working on, or maybe it's, you know, songs that your audience have voted on that they want to see you perform. Um, So that could be one tier. Maybe another tier is, you know, you 
add them to the thank you section of like your album or something like that. Like there can be all different kinds of benefits that um, people uh, can get as a Patreon supporter. You just got to think about what your audience is kind of excited about and how you can deliver that to them. The third monetization method for artists and entertainers is selling your products. So finally, let's talk about probably the most straightforward and traditional method, which is just selling your stuff. It's pretty self-explanatory. Like if you're creating something like music or visual art, painting, you know, your end goal might be to sell it. So obviously you could like host your music on Spotify, though I know Oh, great, Katie. That's a great, you know, money-making recommendation. I get that that's not a massive income stream, uh, but maybe you can go old school and like release a CD and sell it to your fans or something. I know I'm not a musician. So if my musicians listening are like kicking me through your headphones, because you're like, duh, I thought of that. I have sympathy for you, okay? But I feel like I had to put it out there. Uh, Of course, if you're a visual artist, you can sell prints like on an online marketplace like Etsy or through your own website whatever it is, really the idea here is to grow an online community that is going to want to support you either through donations, through being a Patreon, or potentially by purchasing your art. And that is really what it looks like for the artist path as a content creator. So I really hope that this little outline of what the different approaches to growing a creator business can look like was helpful to you. If you're still feeling a little bit lost or want some more recommendations, totally feel free to reach out to us at Creatorly Media. and We'd be happy to chat with you about the various services that we offer and potentially uh, take a look at your current profile and provide a recommendation on which of our services would be most helpful to you depending on where you're at in your journey. And of course, if you're looking for help on Instagram, like I was saying, definitely send us an application because we are taking a few more clients to start in August and we would love to work with you. As always, uh, thanks for listening and I will catch you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Creator Club podcast. This show is produced by Creatorly Media, a social media and content marketing agency by creators for creators. If you want professional help growing your social media platforms or creating your content, come visit us at creatorlymedia.com or at creatorlymedia on Instagram. If you've listened this far into the episode, we want to know who you are. Seriously, thank you so much for listening. Screenshot your podcast app and share it to your Instagram story, tagging at Creatorly Media or at Katie Steckley so that we can chat. Again, thanks for listening and remember to keep on creating. We'll catch you next time.